With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Welcome, everybody, to the LA Weekly Weekly Podcast. This is Brian Kaye, and I'm really, really um, excited, and I feel blessed to be able to talk to someone who I'm actually a fan of um, and who is out there um, doing amazing art um, and being a voice for what's going on in our country right now. Um, And Trinidad James, I'm just so grateful you're here. Hey, how you doing? What's going on, Brian? I'm Well, you know, (laughs) I'm good considering the situation. Um, but you know, I wanted to have a conversation with you because I'm, like I said, I'm a fan of your work. And actually we have a mutual friend who's one of my favorite humans, uh, on earth, who I think you've worked with before as well. Uh, 24 K Goldman. Oh man. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, I just talked to him actually yesterday. Crazy. Really? Yeah. What were you? Were you talking about music or just you know the world? Um, just uh, just he was checking on me um, because we we work uh, we have done a lot of work together in the past, and he was just checking on me, and I was checking on him, and um, you know I'm very happy for his success because you know he's a young man in in the entertainment business, and um, he's very he's very promising, he's very talented, and I hope he gets his chance, his true chance to keep continually being continuously being successful. Oh, he will. And if I have anything to say about it, I will, I will, you know, promote him till the day I die. Because first of all, he's just a good soul. But like you said, he's so talented. He's he's so funny. And, you know, he's been um, such a great voice. I mean, I primarily keep up with him either by text or on Instagram. Um, But just his voice on Instagram, I've been, I've been um, sharing what he's been saying with people and my network, just because I think he's been um, just amazing and just just an incredible guy. So shout out to Golden. Uh, miss you and I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Um, but, you know, let's talk a little bit about what's going on because I really want to dig into your perspective on, on um, you know, Black Lives Matter, what's happening to Black Americans, unfortunately, in this country, and, the, um, and finally what hopefully is going to be sustained um, activism and progress, um, which, you know, is, is, I think for a lot of us, a sincere hope, but you right before this started and to even say it started, I mean, it's been going on for ever for far too long. And, and, um, but, you know, just before, um, you know, we've seen the activism in our country, um, you released, uh, a single, and I think a video, right, called Black Owned. Correct. I did. Definitely. And, and, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Also, no, I mean, uh, before uh, the situation with George Floyd went down um, last week, if I'm not mistaken, um, I released my single and video for Black Owned on the 20th of May, um, 520. And um, my mindset has already been in a place of being able to, anybody that's paying attention to my voice, my music, my art, 
to steer them in the direction of understanding the power in economics and black economics and black ownership, because economics is the foundation to anything that can get your voice actually truly heard and respected. The reason why we go through so much injustices when it comes to the police force is because the black voice is not being respected because we don't have our economics together and we have no representation or any nothing to fall back on. That we're not being equally respected by the police, by other races, because we need to build a stronger economic mind. And so black owned the single in the video is I wanted to have put something in the world to start the conversation. That doesn't, me dropping that single, definitely that's just automatically change the world, obviously. Um, but the conversation and having music for uh, people in the community that um, have black owned businesses already, whether it's restaurants or grocery stores and black owned products, you know, I wanted to make an anthem for them. You know, not necessarily only a, for young people, but kind of put the people who already have black owned businesses. And, um, you know, cause I feel like nobody celebrates them enough. Oh, I, I completely agree with you. Was there like a moment because this happened before, um, the murder of George Floyd was, was there a moment that specifically inspired it? Uh, or was it something that you'd been thinking about for a long time? Well, I wrote the song, uh, the song was written a year ago. Um, the single in the video just came out, like I said, last month. So, um, the, the idea of, like I said in the beginning, black ownership and, um, more black economics and a stronger foundation when it comes to black economics, that's been a problem before I wrote it, after I write it right now, as we speak, you know, um, it's something that we really have to, it has to click for us because nothing, nothing in life that you need to change that is better for you. It doesn't just happen just like that. That's why everybody don't work out. It has to click for you mentally for you to find the, a purpose, a true purpose to be behind it. Because if you're not behind it because you actually really care, then you're, not, you're, just, going through the real, the, you're just going through the motion or whatever. It's like going to church because your parents force you to, not because you actually want to go to church. That doesn't get it. No, and I and I completely agree with you. And do you, you know, for for listeners who who aren't familiar with your music, you know, you've you've had uh, a history of being kind of a trendsetter um, and a viral sensation. So, you know, hearing having your voice speak out on this is is critical, obviously, right now. Um, and you know, I think that when you're talking to to people about the issues that we're facing, you know, people like myself who um, is white, I'm not black, but I completely support, um, I support what's happening in this country. I support hopefully the progress that's gonna be being made. What can someone like myself and others listening do to be allies and to be supporters of the message that you're trying to get out, which is that it sounds like, and I don't wanna put words in your mouth, particularly in the song, and I know you have more messages than just the song, but the message of like, you know, being supportive and prideful of um, economics for the black community? Well, the, the first thing that I would tell a white person like yourself or any white person, period, that might be paying attention to this particular podcast or reading about it, however they hear it, what I'm saying is that you have to take the time to actually understand the black culture, not just the glitz and the glam and the 
the lifestyle of the flashy things in life, but the actual, the reason behind the struggle and the things that are the other side of the lifestyle that everybody wants to portray of nice cars and a lot of money and nice clothes and, and the things that people per se might flex in front of your face. You know, that lifestyle is, that's, that, that is just the fantasy world of the black culture. That, that is, that's the sauce that comes with being black automatically. You know, people want the good part of your life, but they don't want to go through your pain, you know, so they want your pleasure. So I think it, it is time for white people to actually take the, take a time to actually understand what true black culture is about and why the struggles happen and what does it take to, to actually have a voice that matters is to understand when somebody says black lives matter, that doesn't mean for you to defend it with all lives matter because obviously all lives have to matter in the long run, but all lives cannot matter until black lives are treated equally. That's the whole thing about it. That's, that's the, the biggest issue with um, all cultures right now is that the black voice and black people are not equally respected by other races. And in order to respect somebody, you have to understand them. So you need to, black, white people need to take, white people need to take the time to actually understand the black culture. Well, and I think also like the black experience, right? Because I think Correct. that one thing that is, um, that is, you know, eye-opening to me most certainly is that, you know, routine things that I go through or, or anyone goes through in America are, are not routine for um, black Americans. I mean, something like being pulled over um, for a ticket or for speeding or something is, is much different. I mean, my, um, I call him my not boyfriend. We're dating eventually. I'm sure he'll be my boyfriend, but um, and I'm sure he's listening, <laughs> but he, but, uh, um, but he on his cell phone has um, when he says, Hey Siri, I'm being pulled over. He has it set to automatically record <laughs> start recording on his video camera um and nice. i don't think people Smart. understand that no i mean it's, these are the, these are the real issues that um black people have to go through you know and um the issue with police that's that's one thing that that's one thing that's a police versus black people thing but as far as it's way other things outside of the police that deals with civilians and white civilians and black civilians and Asian civilians and Spanish civilians or whatever, it's a mutual respect that's just not there because um, once again, it ties back to economics. When you're playing from behind, everybody has a different method for how they want to catch up. Some people do it the right way, some people do it the wrong way. And a lot of times we allow the wrong way to define the, we, are, we allow that one bad apple to define the rest of the apples in the basket. And um, that, is, that is a mentality that if you put on the other shoe around, like if, if one of your family members is racist, that doesn't mean that the whole family is, is racist. And you would like to get the benefit of the doubt. You would like to get that mutual respect to not be treated as a racist just because your father's a racist. And it's the same thing in the black culture. It's just because this particular kid might have robbed your store. That doesn't mean that every black kid is going to rob your store. And that is the, those are, those are the things on a, on, a, on a civilian level, on a human level, the people that you're dealing with every day, because it's not every day that you get harassed by the police per se. 
You know, some people they do according to the neighborhood that they're in. But once again, that's a, a police and black people issue. That's separate from the civilian and civilian black white issue, um, Asian black issue. You know, um, we have to get to a place of finding common ground for respect. You can't, we keep going through life assuming what the other, per, what this person is up to and assuming um, even from the black perspective, we assume that this white person is looking down on us. This Asian person is looking down on us, thinking we're going to steal, thinking we're going to do this. These stigmas that's been traveling generation to generation, we have to stop it. We have to cut it off. What do you think that the, and, I, and I'm grappling with this just myself, because I'm someone who likes to think of myself as, as a fixer, you know, just from my professional life and, and the roads I've traveled. I mean, I came from nothing and, and, you know, I've worked really hard to get where I am today. But, um, so I always just had this like mindset of I'm, I can, I can help solve this problem. I can fix this, whether it's in business or personal life or whatever, whatever it is. And this is one where, um, in, in some ways, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who feel the same way, they just feel a little bit helpless in terms of, of what they can do. And, and even, you know, small things like donating or advocacy or any of the things I'm participating in, you know, they're important steps. But, you know, from your perspective, like, what more can we do? Like, what can we do to help correct this wrong? It starts with a mindset. It starts with a daily mindset of, of how you look at uh, another black person, how you treat them, the things that you choose to per se put in the LA Weekly, you know, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to black culture, like balancing it out or whatever, like, um, you know, covering, covering things, going to, in order to understand somebody, you have to, to understand where they're coming from. So if you're doing LA Weekly, covering things that are outside of, of, of just, you know, Hollywood and West Hollywood and, the valley, you know, actually going into real all black neighborhoods and, you know, finding out what's going on because there's positive things going on all around LA weekly, you know, say no pun intended. And, you know, finding, finding <laughs> that balance, <laughs> you know, finding that balance, you know, once you find that balance, once, once black people start real, you can tell when somebody respects you, you know, and it's not going to just happen overnight. You know what I'm saying? A lot of black people are going to be very cold towards another white person coming into the community because they're used to white people coming in and exploiting compared to shine, shining the right light and being there for the right reasons. So, you, you know, it's almost, it's almost like being in the doghouse to a certain extent for lack of better examples uh, or lack of better words, should I say. Um, and it's important that you, you got to take that on the chin and keep fighting that fight to to prove that you actually truly care because it's not going to come with it's not going to come with donating some money to this particular this is a moment right here so everybody that's donating you know it's, it's thank you you know donating to the family donating to the bail to to the bail of people who got um locked up during protesting there's definitely a thank you that's a thank you from they appreciated the people who got locked up but we wouldn't be in this situation if that mutual respect was there the guy who called the cops on Mr. Floyd, George Floyd, you know, it comes to find out that the money that he, the $20 that they considered that was counterfeit wasn't even counterfeit. So, you know, if you could lose your life by four, by four police officers for uh, $20 from a misunderstanding, 
miscommunication, that just goes to show that you're coming into the situation already. That assumption is already on the level 10 of you don't trust me. And so now I end up standing the chance of I could die. Mr. Floyd died. And that could be any black person moving forward. So once again, it starts with trust. It starts with showing that you trust. It starts with giving black people the better chance, a bigger chance, a better chance to show that they deserve their respect, that they actually truly deserve because everybody's not the same. And once again, it all ties back to economics. It's a lot of things that went on here in the history of America that once again, black people are playing from behind. If you look at the history of America, a black person has never been on top of the game here in America. They've always been working for a white person or doing something for a white person. Always number two, three, four, five. Never number one, never on top. Um, even they had the bombers in Tulsa during that Black Wall Street. You know, that ruined the whole black community of prosperous black businesses. You know, so it's a, it's a power issue. It's definitely a power issue. And for black America to gain that respect, white America has to understand the issue in power and how tied they are to power. Because that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, is nobody wants to relinquish their power in order to share it with the next man or share it with a different race. You know, I, I was listening to, I want to talk on a couple of things because I think that, you know, mentioning about Tulsa is really interesting, but also I was listening to, um, or watching on, I think Instagram, probably, um, a, um, a historian who was talking on, um, on one of the news channels up in Seattle. And she was saying how, you know, there's only one race, there's the human race. And we've tried mm -hmm. to divide ourselves in all these other races, to um to categorize ourselves or to increase power for one over the other um and i thought that was a really interesting perspective it's very true i mean you know classism is the the biggest curse in america classism is the biggest curse in the world without class if you get rid of classism then it's, it's, it's very hard for racism to be so strong and dominant because classism obviously classism starts in school where you can't sit at this table it's only, only we supposed to sit here. It starts from middle school, high school, college, the workforce, the military, hospitals, everywhere, man. Sports. You know, um, classism is one of the worst things that ever was created, and that it stems back from so far. You know, it almost feels that we, we will never be able to shake it, but we have to. We have to fight to shake it. It starts with you, and you, each one, teach one. You have to set the tone. Us I love that. We have to set the tone. You know, we have to set the tone. I would have, we have to control our narrative. We can't allow people to, to push our narrative for us because it hasn't been a good narrative for a very long time now. No, I agree. I love that. Each one, teach one. I think that's, if everyone would do that, we would be in a, a much better situation. And so it's interesting that you mentioned just, you know, it starts in middle school, high school, because I grew up in, um, a, a predominantly Latino community, and, and I'm Latino, my last name is Calle, which is street in Spanish, and so um, I had this Latino last name, look completely white, um, and, and I'm gay, and I, you know, I remember in high school that um, the white kids, and all, everyone was like in different groups, right? There were the white kids, or the black kids, or the Asian kids, right. and there were the Latino kids, and um, 
and I remember the the <laughs> white kids didn't like me because I was too effeminate and had a Latin last name. Um, the Latin kids, you know, didn't know really what to make of me. Um, but the only kind of group that took me in was was the black kids in uh, in the school, which was a really formative experience for me at a very young age because I think I got to see things that a lot of people um, don't experience. Um, and uh, and it definitely it, it, it definitely starts there because if you're having in schools people organizing their friend group based on the color of their skin or their perceived status in life, um, that's only going to be further perpetuated as they get into college, to your point, or or beyond. Um, and I want to get back to something you said about Black Wall Street in Tulsa because I don't think that. Um, everyone listening certainly but a lot of people even in america know that much about it and i'll even you know admit fully that i only knew about it a few years ago i'm 39 years old so i probably learned about it 35 because one of my really good friends zuri um he shared it with me and we were having a conversation then um about race and and the, uh, the shootings that were happening then in this country and um, and he and I had a, a long conversation. He was sharing with me. And it was literally the first time I'd ever heard about it. And I just like looked it up and did my research. And, um, but we don't get taught that in schools. Like you don't, you don't learn about that um, as an experience in, in elementary school or, or high school, or at least I didn't when I was coming up. So, but now sure. um, we're seeing, I've seen like probably half a dozen stories. I mean, and I think that, you know, Sean King is doing an amazing job on, on Instagram, just sharing information. He even, he even shared, um, cause I think if, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken, it's the, the 99th anniversary. Yes. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, just the fact that you're bringing it up, I think that is a step in the right direction because now people are starting to get that in their cognitive awareness about history. Yeah. I mean, history, the, the, once again, like I said, Everything in America has been uh, white. I don't know if whitewashes the world, but it's always been perpetuated through a white person. It's just, you know, do you get taught through books that were written by white people? And the one thing about human is kind of just scientific. We're not going to write you. We're not going to write our ugly parts, our flaws in a biography about ourselves, really. Not many people do that. If you look at the biography of people, they usually leave out the, the, the gritty details for the most part. You know, and um, you know, it, can, it can stem. Sometimes people will say, well, the kids are too young to understand it. But if you continue from you know, elementary school to middle school to high school, it never changes. It, it never changes. They don't have those hard conversations. They don't have those Tulsa Black Wall Street conversations in high school. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you get to college, you could have the sense enough to go look it up for yourself or you could take a, you know, a, a history class, you know what I'm saying, that deals with it because college is a little bit more vast in the topics that they think you can handle. But, um, you know, that's still left up to you to go find those classes, find those teachers, find those books, you know, go do that research. It's, it's not easy. It's not, it's not given. It's not textbook or whatever, that's like extracurricular that you have to put on yourself to go do, you know, and um, I think that that should change because it's important for us to see what we're dealing with because even, not even just necessarily black kids, but white kids need to see what they, what they went through, what that made people of color feel like so that they can have an idea at a young age 
do I want to make my black friends, if I ever make any, feel that way? Or even if I don't make any, do I even want to make another person feel that way, period? Because if we're supposed to be a human race, then you got to treat people like humans. And nothing about that is humanity. I completely agree with you. You know, it's, and it's, it, what, what I think is, is, I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing in terms of the response and um, the protests, especially the peaceful protests, which is like 90% of it. Um, and I'm, I'm very encouraged by it. It needs to be sustained, obviously. It can't just be, like you said earlier, um, just a moment in time. It has to be something that we continue on about. And, and, you know, I've been having these conversations with friends and, you know, when I'm talking to most of my friends, they all are in agreement. They all understand everyone's marching in the same direction, but even I'm seeing stuff on, on Instagram, even like on a post that I made, which was a quote from, <laughs> from a civil rights leader who won a Nobel prize, Desmond Tutu, which got um, a negative reaction from some people on one of my IG accounts. Um, and it was just, and some of the things people are just saying, they just don't, they don't get it. And, and you mentioned it earlier, but this idea that, that all lives matter. And I think you said it really, really well. And that's one thing I'm trying to communicate to people as well. But yeah, I get that all lives matter, but it's, it's black lives that are specifically being taken right now, that are specifically being murdered. So we have to be able to shout out that black lives matter because clearly people don't understand that. Um, and, and that's one of the more difficult conversations because I, I think that people unfortunately in America today, because we're so polarized politically that it's almost impossible to unite on any one issue, even if there's moral high ground on that particular issue. And people see things through their Republican and Democrat, their right, their left lens. And what I'm trying to communicate to people, this isn't about politics. This isn't about, you know, a, a party. This is about what's morally right. Um, and it's a really hard conversation to have because I don't know how you break through the the partisan gridlock and the noise to to get that message out well you make sure that you make sure that you are especially if you have a platform like yourself you make sure that you triple check everything that you say because i mean even a desmond tutu he, one of his classic quotes is if you are neutral in the situation of injustice you know if you choose the side of the oppressor you know what i'm saying like that was the you, quote. You, That's literally the oh. quote I posted. Yeah, yeah. So I, on my, I have two Instagrams. I have my, well, I have LA Weekly and Irvine Weekly Instagrams too. But personally, I have my Instagram, which is just like friends. And, and then I have a larger Instagram that has like, you know, almost 2 million followers. And I literally posted that quote. And that's the quote that people got upset about. And I was like, I, <laughs> which, you know, to, to, for people who don't know that quote on it, and you were paraphrasing it, and I'm trying to paraphrase as well, but I should probably just read it directly because I don't, I, I don't want people to... Don't butcher um, it. Yeah, it's if you're neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. Um, and that's the direct quote. And that's the one I posted. And I don't know how that's controversial. I mean, I guess the people are offended by the word oppressor because then they're like, are you well, calling the oppressor? It's controversial, it's controversial to a person who, who hasn't said anything. You know, a person who, who doesn't know what to say, a person who truly believes that all lives matter is the defense against Black Lives Matter. That's the person that will be offended by that quote coming from a person like yourself who has a platform that's respected because it feels like you're attacking them. Yeah. You know and then I, so, 
Yeah, and I had to second guess, and maybe you can you can help me. But I had to second guess. I was like, I was like, did I did I hit the wrong tone? Was that the wrong the wrong quote to post? Like, is is it helping or is it hurting the situation? And ultimately, I decided that like, you know, it's my platform. It's what I believe, and I'm going to post it. And if someone doesn't like it, well, fine, great, bye. Well, the people that were offended by you were they uh, were they black people? <laughs> um, no, I think maybe one black person. But the, the other ones were were not black. In fact, well, yeah, and I mean the, that's the that's the thing about it. That quote, that quote offends white people because it's mostly white people who would use the defense of all lives matter in a situation like this one where we're referring to black lives. So you know, once again, white people are white people are a big demographic of your fan base, just in general, like. Sure. It's not a. It's not like you just cater to white people. That's just how it is, because white people support white people. It's a great thing. It's a great system that white people have. But when you say something that shakes up that system, you will you will offend your own kind. But just because you offended somebody, that doesn't mean it wasn't right. And and that's what life is about. Life is about saying what's right in your heart, and dealing with the consequences. How do we? So I mean, I'm sure that that you know. You know um, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think that last time I checked when I was doing some demographic research, 70% of the country, or maybe it's like 60%, um, is white. Um, so to your point, yeah, I get that why I would have a larger um, fan base that is white. And and to your point also, I think white people support white people. How do we get to a place where, because I'm sure a lot of your fans, um, you probably have a diverse group of fans. I would hope that our readership, I know that our readership in LA Weekly in particular is is pretty diverse how do we like you know the, the thing i'm struggling with how do we truly unite how do we how do we get to a place where we're all comfortable supporting each other how do we um you know how do we celebrate those you know those differences because one of the things and i, and I don't know if you share my opinion on this but i'd love to hear yours that i've found encouraging is in some of the protests and, and all the protests almost that i've seen um, they're different than, than prior protests. Um, and one of the things that, that I think that I'm seeing um, is that there's a lot of people, there's, there's, these are diverse crowds, and they're saying enough is enough. Right. And I think and that that's that, beautiful. Yeah, and, I, and for me, that, that seems to be kind of the turning point in all this. And I feel like that, that to me is at least the thing I can point to and be like, this is encouraging. This yeah, is strength in numbers. You know, strength, strength in numbers, you know, um, it's, it's white people, Asian people. I mean, the people are protesting all around the world because the black, the black issue is not just here in America. There's racism in Paris. There's racism towards blacks in Asia. You know, it's racism. Black people get treated a type of way that lacks respect all over the world. The only reason that people will protest all around the world um, it's not because they want to get hit with tear gas or hit with rubber bullets. It's because they realize that some a particular race that they care about, and at this point in time, we have just like the the, uh, the person that you want to be in a relationship with is black. There is a cross pollination of cultures and and races. You know, what I'm saying it's not just is that classism is erasing more and more. It's a lot more mixed families that are existing right now as we speak. So that means that people are working and living and, and breeding together. So with that being said, of course, more people 
of all different races are going to come outside to march with black people because it's not just black people by themselves but at the same time it's beautiful at the same time we need these type of situations to happen so that the the reason why you respect a black person or you're with a black person or you support a black person is legit is legitimate and not because of not for bullshit it's for something real so once again you can't just love me during the great times and during the celebration you have to be there equally or twice as much during my pain and you know, that's, that's that. what that's what's important that's what's important right now to see <laughs> it's a test honestly to see who's truly who if you if you if you're truly with the black culture and you truly believe and you truly love your black friends and mates times like this shows it you know is 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 the truth the reason why those black kids accepted you when you were in school and you were gay and you were latino is because we've been accepting and been welcoming people in of all different races and kinds forever forever and ever and ever and that that the 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 shoe has to go on the other foot we need that respect we need that love it needs to be real because we accept it as they come all the time we've been doing it for years upon years generations upon generations and it, it has to turn if it doesn't turn the world will not be in a good place because as you can see people are getting tired of it <laughs> yes uh, uh, to say to say the least uh you know one of the things that's come out of this also i think in a lot of uh, interpersonal conversations people are starting to talk about um their struggle and their difficulties and experiences that they've had and um you know, one of the things that we're talking about at LA Weekly, um, our editor-in-chief, Derek, who's amazing, um, and creative director is Black, and we were brainstorming an idea about how we can uh, maybe start highlighting stories on a weekly basis, like devote a column to this. Um, and in that conversation with him, which was like an hour and a half, and, and we're pretty close, he was sharing kind of some of his experiences when he moved to LA in 1995 and just it's just um, the people don't hear these things they don't see these things they don't get to experience these things and I'm sure that and, and I don't know if you're comfortable but I'll ask you anyway um, I'm sure as you've been coming up in the, the music industry and in the entertainment space that you've had stories and experiences where you felt it too I don't know if you're comfortable sharing any of those stories or if there's one that stands out or if you'd rather not um, but I think those stories are really powerful well, the the one the one beautiful the one beautiful thing I would say is that if you people can read the room when it comes to a person that doesn't go for bullshit. So racism has kind of stayed away from me as far as in my face. My eight my going on eight years now being in the industry. Really, um, I haven't. It stayed away from me because I don't go for bullshit. <laughs> I know how to communicate that. my. I know how to communicate problems. I know how to celebrate my victories. Um, people kind of keep that away from me, you know. But um, once again, that still doesn't change the fact that record labels have become have been been successful for a million years off of black art. And we only get a small percentage of what we help build. So that, in fact, is a form of racism and economic oppression in a roundabout type of way. 
it's not direct racism where it's like, oh, slurs are being used. No, of course. No, 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 no. This is not 10 years ago. You know, this is 2020. Um, but it's, it's a lot of different forms of racism. In order to break it down, once again, it starts with respect. It starts with economic foundation. And as a Black community and a Black culture, that is what we need to make sure that we stay consistent on moving forward because that is what's going to make the biggest difference. Because if you take the Black dollar, if you take the Black experience away from everything on this earth, if you was to snap a finger, like it was the Avengers per se, and you snapped a finger and all Black culture was to completely disappear from the earth, it would be a different earth. It would be a completely different earth. It would be a completely different earth. So, and I'm not going to say, I don't know what that earth would be with, be like, but I would tell you this, that I don't think that other races would want it to be that way. I truly don't think that um, when it really boils down to it. I think, it's, I think it's better Americans on earth than races. I think it's more real, true Americans that love people on earth than there are racists. I want to believe that, but I need white America to prove that. And your voice has to be louder than the negative voices out here in the world, the negative energy of racism, whether it's systematic racism or whether it's using derogatory terms. LA Weekly has to balance it out. Once again, you need to see the respect that people need to feel respect. They need to be able to read something, go on the internet and go to LA Weekly and feel like, oh man, this is being, this is diverse. This is diverse. That we're sharing the, those stories, and I and I think that that's something that that our our editors and our writers and um, find and take very very seriously. And I think that you know this um, unfortunate you know realization and this moment, as you termed it, um, I think it's going to force everyone to do do or should force everyone, hopefully, to do their part and do more. And I'm with you. I mean, I think that if you found a nation on the words that all men are created equal then you haven't fulfilled your promise as a nation until you can say that with, with complete conviction and honesty. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that that's what this moment um, is about. And it can't just be a moment. It has to be, it has to be sustained. So I appreciate Correct. you for, for taking the time. And I do appreciate you um, being so strong and, and uh, of a voice. And also people didn't hear this off the air, but we were talking and, you know, we were with all these interviews. I mean, again, I try to be as, as real and authentic as, as possible. And sometimes you have conversations right before you start recording. And what people should know about you, and I'm just going to put it out there, is that you could have promoted anything. You could have made this about yourself. You could have made this about your new song. You could have made this about your video, um, which is timed, you know, talks exactly about these times it's called Black Owned. But you didn't want to do that. You wanted to talk. Um, and you told me this, you're like, I want to talk about what's going on in this country because that's what I care about. And for that, like, you know, I just have tremendous respect for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Brian. Well, thank you. And with that said, um, I hope at some point I could have you back on the podcast and we could talk about, I want to talk more about your music. I want to talk about your, your story because you're absolutely fascinating. Um, but right now is it? is a time for leadership. You're providing that leadership. Consider me, consider LA Weekly an ally and anything that we can help you do. And for people who don't follow you, um, where's the best place they can keep in contact with you? Trinidad James with two G's at the end. Trinidad James GG. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. Um, you know, check it out, you know, check it out. Definitely. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, this has been the uh, LA Weekly Weekly Podcast with 
the amazing Trinidad James. Uh, love you, miss you, see you soon.